welcome back to a brand new episode of the 1001 Films Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Gardner, and today we're continuing our Christopher Nolan series with the magician movie Prestige. Uh, This movie stars Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Rebecca Hall, David Bowie, Scarlett Johansson, Michael Caine, and Andy Serkis. This is a stacked cast. Um, I love this movie, One Summer in High School. Uh, I watched this movie every day on uh, summer vacation. Um, so I've seen this movie probably literally over a hundred times. I just rewatched it uh, yesterday. I just finished rewatching it. And it's still entertaining and enjoyable. And I'm going to give you my full thoughts uh, right after the break. So let's get to it. So the basic setup for this movie is that Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale play uh, rival magicians in the turn of the century uh, England, um, and they have this rivalry, um, and they're always trying to one-up each other, and uh, they're stealing each other's tricks and trying to know uh, each other's secrets. Uh, They used to work together when they were younger. with a more prominent magician and as they progressed in their careers they became uh, more and more they became rivals and uh, this movie is about that rivalry and about um, you know their relationship Um, and uh, this movie is based on a book by uh, Christopher Priest and I know I mentioned, mentioned in my Watchmen episode Um, that I had seen this movie several times before I had, I had read the book and, uh, I'm just going to reiterate what I said in that episode that I really think it was good that I watched the movie before I read the book because the book, um, starts off in modern times, um, and it deals with the ancestors of these two, uh, magicians and um, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's broader, uh, as it often is the case when you're adapting a novel to a movie that the novel is much broader, has much more detail, uh, is much more in-depth than, uh, you know, it is in the movie. Um, but it's st- the basic structure is still kind of the same, that structure of a diary within a diary. Um, you know, the characters reading each other's diaries after the fact, you know, and kind of figuring out and putting the pieces together, you know, you as the viewer and the characters in the film and in the book. Uh, that basic structure is still the same in the spirit of the of the rivalry, which is really the the center of both the book and the movie is still there. Um, and I think it, it's okay that he, that Christopher Nolan decided to kind of chop off the beginning and the end of the book that takes place in modern times. Um, I think it's okay that he did that in the movie because if he hadn't done that in the movie, it would have been very complex, uh, even more so than it is. And it would have been very confusing and it just would have been 
uh, an extremely long movie. Um, so I think uh, if I, you know, if I had read the book before I saw the movie, then I definitely would have not liked that he had done that. But uh, like I said in my previous episode, I think that uh, it's good uh, for uh, filmmakers to uh, take a creative license and it's okay for them to have that creative license to uh, you know, do what they want to do within the confines of the medium that they're working in, which is film. Uh, so I uh, definitely think he kept the spirit of the book and the essence of the book, which is this rivalry in the, mo in the movie. Uh, he definitely took that from the book. And, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. So, um, this movie has a, uh, a twist ending. And I, you know, I know I've talked a lot about twists in, you know, previous episodes. Uh, and this is one of the instances where it really works. Um, and it, as soon as the movie is over, you want to rewatch it because, uh, the twist makes sense in there after rewatching it so many times, uh, each time I watch it, I catch more hints uh, as to what is going to happen at the end, as to the twist ending. Um, you know, so I really uh, liked the fact that this movie is endlessly rewatchable because of all of the hints that are placed from the very beginning, from the very first frame uh, throughout basically every scene, um, there are hints that uh, tell you what is going to happen at the end. Um, and as you go through the movie, something I noticed this time watching it uh, that I had never noticed before is that the hints get more and more and more obvious as you go through the movie, as you get closer to the end of the movie. Um, so by the, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, tenth, twentieth time that you've watched this movie, um, you can definitely tell that, I'm like, uh, you can definitely get that feeling, like, oh my gosh, how did I not catch this? How did I not know that this is what, you know, was going to happen at the end? Because, uh, like I said, the hints get more and more obvious as you go um, throughout the film. And there's a theme... Uh, that goes throughout this film of sacrifice, that you have to make sacrifices and you have to work hard to, um, you know, to be successful at your craft. And as it, and <coughs> there's a scene where, uh, Christian Bale's character and Hugh Jackman's character go to see this other magician, magician, this Chinese magician, um, and he has this fishbowl trick where he puts a curtain in front of a table and he shakes it and he lifts up the curtain and there's a fishbowl on the table that wasn't there before. Um, and the <coughs> and Christian Bale says after the show is over, he sees this old man hobbling his way to a, um, to a carriage, uh, to a horse and buggy to go home or whatever. And... Christian Bale was like, this is the performance. This is the sacrifice that he's making. That he's truly a strong uh, person, but he's faking it to protect a secret. That he has the bowl between his legs. 
he's holding the ball between his legs. And with his legs, he lifts the ball with water and fish and it up onto the table as he's shaking the, uh, shaking the curtain. Um, so Alfred, uh, Borden, uh, Christian Bale's character spots it right away that this man is pretending to be crippled to, um, to hide his method for how, uh, you know, how he does this trick, because if you can imagine there's this giant fishbowl in between your legs, you have to hold it in between your legs. You're not going to be able to walk, you know, in a normal stride. You're going to have to shuffle and, uh, you know, and just kind of hobble along. Um, and Alfred Borden, uh, Christian Bale's character says that, uh, that level of sacrifice is what it takes to be a great magician, to be great at your craft. And that level of sacrifice is a way to escape uh, the realities of the world, is that you, if you live this life of sacrifice, that you escape all of the things that aren't necessary uh, you know, in this life, all of the extra things um, that don't necessarily matter. It's to him, what matters the most is being the best at your craft. And being the best at your craft requires great, excessive, extensive sacrifice. Um, and that really plays in to his character later uh, in the film when you finally know what the twist is. Um, you that's That conversation is a big hint uh, as to what is gonna happen at the end of the film. Um, so, uh, I just, like I said, I just really love this film, and I have a lot of notes here, so it's, it's kind of, uh, all over the place, so I'm just kind of free-balling it, uh, you know, this episode, because I've seen this, I've seen that, like I said, I've seen this movie several times, um, so I'm just, you know, I didn't, I probably didn't even have to re-watch it, um, to even do this review, but I did, just because I, it has been years since I've seen it, um, and I, you know, I know all the lines, I know all the scenes, I know what's coming next, I just wanted to get a nice refresher before I did this review, um, so all, I just, you know, like I said, this, uh, cast, it's a really, uh, great ensemble cast with these two, uh, two co-leads, basically, uh, you know, Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman, um, surrounded by all these really great actors and actresses um and everyone is believable um you know as their respective characters and i think that's something that christopher nolan doesn't really get enough credit on is that he really you know uh, gets great performances out of his actors uh, and that's something that i think he should um really get recognized for uh you know here going forward um, and something interesting that I also caught this time that I didn't catch next time, uh, you know, the previous times is that the style of magic used by both, uh, Hugh Jackman's character and Christian Bale's character, uh, really kind of reflects the kind of actors that they are in real life. Um, you know, it's similar to their styles of acting. Uh, Hugh Jackman is a traditional stage actor, you know, from Australia, 
you know, he's done musicals. Uh, you know, he's started his career acting on stage um, in, in Australia. Um, and his character style of magic is very traditional. It's very clean. It's very uh, performative. It's, um, you know, uh, dressed up really well. He's very proper when he's on stage. He does all the right things. Uh, he seems very comfortable on stage. Uh, whereas Christian Bale um, is a famously method actor losing tons of weight, uh, you, know, you know, for movies like The Machinist and Rescue Dawn and regaining it again to play Batman later um, and stuff like that. So he is uh, famously uh, crazy about getting into his into the mind of the characters and kind of becoming his characters. He's more brash. He's more into the, the essence of the character. Um, and that really reflects uh, the character that he plays in this movie, Alfred Borden. Uh, he can be very brash. He can be very, uh, you know, out there, not very polished. Uh, he's an excellent magician, but, you know, uh, Michael Caine um, plays... Uh, uh, he's kind of the helper to... Um, to Hugh Jackman's magician. He's the one that designs all his tricks and stuff. And uh, Michael Caine says that he's an excellent magician, but a terrible showman. That uh, Christian Bale's character, Alfred Borden, is an uh, excellent magician, but a terrible showman. Um, and that kind of unrefined, unpolished, kind of uh, becoming the, uh, the magician on stage uh, that, you know, he, uh, is really reflective of Christian Bale as an actor. Um, there's even another scene where, uh, Alfred is with his wife, played by Rebecca Hall, uh, at a restaurant, and he's still in the, in the fake beard and the mustache and the costume, um, that he is when he does the shows. They're out to dinner, they're out in public, and he's still you know, performing, uh, she even calls him out on it, like, you know, this is not you, you know, stop performing, like, why can't you just be yourself, and he's like, look, I just came from the theater, everybody loves it, I'm out in public, um, and he kind of, at that point in the film, he has really kind of become the, uh, at least that side of him has really become, um, the, this persona that he's created for his his magic show he is the professor you know that's what he calls himself on on stage is that you know uh it's kind of it's spilling out of his uh performance on stage into his real life that he is this person that he has you know created for his act um and that is you know something that is very typical from method actors like Leonardo DiCaprio and Daniel Day-Lewis and Christian Bale and Marlon Brando. Um, you know, they've all, they all kind of become the, the people that they are portraying on screen. Uh, and that, that, uh, kind of dichotomy between Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman and the similarity of their characters, uh, styles of performing to their, uh, actual styles of performing in real life uh, was very interesting and uh, would be interesting to know if Christian Bale cast them 
uh, in those roles based, or not Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan, I mean, cast them in those roles based on, uh, on their, you know, respective acting styles and respective acting history. Um, so I just thought, I thought that was something interesting that I caught this time that I had never caught before. Um, you know, and, you know, the costume design in this film is great. You know, it's a turn of the century London, um, you know, so it's something that, uh, has really, really stood out for me this time. Um, and there's, you know, the plot has a lot of twists and turns and it may be kind of slow and confusing to start off, but about halfway the f through the film, it really picks up. And the pace really picks up right towards the end. And then maybe the last half hour or so is very exciting and very um, engaging. And like I said, as soon as it's over, you want to watch it again because there's that twist. Um, and it all makes sense. You know, like I said before in previous episodes, twists are probably one of the hardest things to do in film. Um, I mean, a lot of people do them, but it's very, it's very hard to do correctly because the, tr the twist has to work retroactively in all of the actions of the characters um, throughout the film have to make sense in retrospect of knowing the twist, of knowing this knowledge that you didn't know before. Uh, and this is a, a perfect example of, uh, of a perfect twist ending. Um, the only other one that I can think of off the top of my head right now is The Sixth Sense. Uh, and probably Psycho, Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, that twist ending also makes sense. Um, so those three, Psycho, Sixth Sense, and Prestige, are perfect examples of how to do a twist ending. Because once you know the twist, it all has to make sense, and all of the characters' actions have to make sense uh, in the light of the, of the twist. Um, and... You know, this movie ends with something very typical of Christopher Nolan films, uh, an ending monologue. Um, you know, he did that in uh, Memento. He did that in, um, in The Dark Knight, the next film that we're going to do. You know, has a has an excellent um, ending monologue by Gary Oldman. Um, and that's, that's something that's very typical. You know, Interstellar, he does it as well, um, as something that has kind of become a, a hallmark of Christopher Nolan films, is the ending monologue, uh, you know, and the, and the rising music and the swell of music right before it cuts to black and, you know, does the end credits. Um, that's kind of his signature that he, you know, puts on the end of his, uh, on the end of his films, um. So I guess my final thoughts on The Prestige overall is it's an excellent film. It's one of uh, Christopher Nolan's most forgotten and least talked about um, because it is it is based on you know previous material and there are uh, definitely other films of his that are more original and more interesting like Interstellar and Prestige and uh, Inception uh, that are original ideas that he and his brother Jonathan Nolan came up with and you know Memento too that's you know based on a short story by uh, by his brother so I think his original films are uh, are what really stand out in his career 
and this one is is based on a on a you know on a page turning uh, science fiction novel. Um, that's you know that's pretty good in its own right. Um, so I think maybe that's why it doesn't really stand out when people talk about uh, Christopher Nolan movies. They don't mention the Prestige uh, very much, but I think they you know people probably should because uh, you know like I said it's got great costume design. It's got a twist that works. It's got es- excellent acting. You know, a great ensemble cast. All the performances are good. Um, you know, the story is engaging, and it's it's a perfectly entertaining film. Uh, you know, it's not going to win a bunch of awards, and it's not going to get you know him a lot of recognition, uh, Christopher Nolan a lot of recognition. But I de- I definitely think it's worth checking out, and it's worth checking out at the very least twice, uh, because once you see it. You know, like I said, like I've been saying, the twist, you got to go back and you got to watch it again so you can catch all the hints that lead you up to the twist. Um, So I guess those are my final thoughts on The Prestige. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, You can check me out back here every, uh, you know, whenever. I haven't really been keeping a very tight schedule on when I upload episodes, uh, just whenever I get the chance. Uh, I'm going to do them and just going to upload them as soon as they're done. Uh, so, you know, subscribe and just keep, uh, you know, keep listening. And I really appreciate, you know, those of you that have been listening, uh, you know, check me out on Twitter at SMG reviews and on Instagram at one zero zero one film podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening and I will catch you next time.